0: hi everybody welcome back to the horizons podcast the music industry podcast looking from today's landscapes into an ever-expanding tomorrow my name is Michaela J, my pronouns are they, them, and I'm joining you from the unceded land of the Widgeable Wirable people. I'd like to take a moment to acknowledge the Elders past, present and emerging and recognize the Widgeable Wyable people as the first storytellers and keepers of knowledge and music in this land. Today we're back for part two of our exploration of artivism and what it means to use your voice to navigate the industry. Last episode, we spoke with pop artist Imbi about gender diversity and authenticity, and this week I'm joined by another special guest, Tilly Jones. Tilly is a local woman here on Widgeable Wilder Country, and she's a multi-instrumentalist composer, performer, and I'm so excited to have her here today to talk about her experience navigating the industry as a disabled female composer and classical performer. Hey Tilly, thanks so much for joining us today. Um, Would you like to start by telling us a bit about yourself and your background in the industry?
1: Hi, thank you, Mickey, for having me. It's very cool to be here, virtually, talking with you. Um, my name's Tilly Jones. I'm on Bundjalung country here at the Conservatorium. Amazing place. Uh, pronouns are she, her. I'm kind of a multi-instrumentalist composer and performer. Um, I've been playing music since I was about eight years old. I've Written for the Australian Chamber Orchestra, uh, an international film festival in Austin, Lismore Lantern Parade, have a conservatorium here in Lismore. And I've been performing since I was about 12, doing a lot of things at the conservatorium and a few international things. And most recently got to play with the James Morrison, which is still blowing my mind, but that was a thing. And I get to collaborate with amazing artists such
0: as yourself. <laughs> love that um do you want to give a little bit of context into your disabilities and a little bit about how they affect you as well before we get stuck into the rest of the episode yeah well um
1: I've got cerebral palsy mild cerebral palsy I can like walk and that um, mainly affects my muscles and a range of movement I've got That's my mainly physical one. I've got fetal alcohol, which also affects me physically Um, and mentally. I've got ADHD and Asperger's or high-functioning autism, as they call it now.
0: So you've been practicing music in various forms from a very young age and I just wanted to talk a bit about your experience in educational institutions and talk a little bit about the teachers and the ways they have or haven't supported you and how that has impacted your practice.
1: Yeah, so in year seven I got accepted to a local Catholic high school on a scholarship with the full promise that I'd be supported with my music and I'd have support with my disability. Um, None of which actually happened. Um, I got there and it was kind of that mentality of, unless you're a sporting jock or you're really, really academically gifted, which at the time I really wasn't apart from like music and maybe English, You're kind of of no interest to the school, and so, um, even though in that year in year seven I did heaps of things with music, yet there was no support and nothing really made of any of my achievements. So I left there at the end of year seven, and I kind of did homeschooling for two years. And twenty sixteen was almost kind of like a gap year for me because I spent. Was like six days a week here at the conservatorium and they were kind enough to let me use the studio upstairs where i composed a lot of music learnt a lot i started with a new cello teacher that year michael who really really encouraged me and helped me to push the limits of what i thought i could do um, because at that time i was also discovering my disability it's almost like a second because i'd been diagnosed as a kid obviously but it's almost like a second diagnosis when you actually realize you've got all these things so uh that 2016 year was really important for me here because i had that full backing and support of the conservatorium and through that i anita bellman the director of the conservatorium recommended me to crown a local filmmaker was looking for someone to film for the Creatability series by Screenworks and so Anita recommended me to Carenza and so I was basically featured in the film Tilly Symphony which really centred on the whole Creatability series was about artists with disabilities so my episode was about me doing music with my various disabilities and that film really went on to be kind of like the catalyst i think that's the right word for you know snowball effect for me um the film was seen by the australian chamber orchestra um because it was on ivy for about five years and so they commissioned me to write three pieces for their aco move program which was a program for people with disabilities to use music as therapy and it was the first year in 2017 that they actually had someone with a disability write the music for it. And so that was really great. And again, having the support of a conservatorium and at that time I enrolled in distance education and without that support, I wouldn't have been able to do it. The music community here also is just amazing. Like the teachers, in that they're just so willing to support.
0: How have you found having those strong figures especially female figures in your journey through educational institutions impacted the way that you've navigated through your career so far
1: yeah that representation is really important um especially anita she she's just a complete boss lady i love her i feel like females generally they i've always found them to be a lot more open in supporting and encouraging people especially younger people and Anita's been really like a mentor um, idol for me in that way that she's... Like Tilly Symphony, without Anita, I wouldn't have gotten that because she really gave me the push and opened the door for me to do that. And same with the ACO move. And having strong female leaders like that in the community is really great because they advocate for the underdog. And like Jude McGee, she is, she is just a legend. and. Like I know a lot of her students and they're just such amazing musicians. And Jude's fantastic.
0: Yeah, I was one of her students. Exactly,
1: my point stands.
0: And what about the wider industry? Do you see yourself represented at all?
1: Yeah, in terms of the wider industry, representation of disabled musicians is really, it's not really there. Like last year and the the last couple of years I've because I've been on a journey of like discovering about myself and my disabilities and especially in relation to music so I've been doing research about disabled musicians especially in the um kind of like art music industry and so I had to really really research and dig down deep to find other disabled musicians and I found like Galen Lee um She was featured on NPR's Tiny Desk. And it was only through really researching that I found out about her. And last year, it was a case of a disabled female composer came up on my newsfeed for once without me actually having to research it. But she only came up on my newsfeed because she had passed away. Um, This is Lucy Hale, amazing composer from, England, I feel like unless there's something tragic happening, we don't really get put out there that much, so I feel like representation of disabled musicians and composers, especially in the art music industry, really needs to be furthered along.
0: And you spoke earlier about being on this journey to discover more about yourself, about your disabilities and just your general musicianship. Can you talk about your journey of self-representation and discovering how you want to be seen by your audiences and inside of the industry as well? Well, for me, it's seeing the misrepresentation
1: and the lack of representation that makes it difficult to determine how I want to represent myself because at the moment I'm starting to set up like, how I want to represent myself really and it's I think grappling with society's views and I guess my perceived view of society's view about disabled people and it's like do I just want to go out there and not give a shit about what people think and say hey yeah you shouldn't look down on us disabled people because we're here and it's also that thing of equality like yes we want to be seen as everyone else but then sometimes we also need those extra extra empowerment because society views us as less and we're not given as many opportunities
0: and what does seeing disabled people represented in the music industry offer for yourself and other other artists as well
1: that does give me a boost of yeah, shit, yeah i can it's like we are out there, and there is kind of hope that being a disabled musician is kind of the normal, like Galen Lee, especially. Um, I think she's the most mainstream and widely known um, disabled musician that I know of, and she's really been advocating for making all concert spaces accessible. She won't do a gig at a place that hasn't got a ramp or any wheelchair access which is really great.
0: And do you feel currently that you are honestly represented, you know, in your career and in the fields that you kind of work and are seen most in?
1: I feel here locally and regionally, I'm really represented as just Tilly Jones, the composer and musician. And where it's relevant, there'll be stuff about me having a disability, like, for the Real Artworks um, gig I did in 2019. I Well, Real Artworks is an organisation that really empowers people with disability and focuses on the arts here in Lismore. And so that was partly me just as Tilly Jones composer, but also, you know, empowering someone with a disability. And here at the Conservatorium, it's really been just, you know, Tilly Jones. Yeah, it's kind of grappling with disability as part of my identity, because I mean, I am disabled and nothing's gonna change that fact. And I am embracing it more now. So I guess it's just working out how.
0: Why does it feel important to make your disability part of your musical persona and identity? I mean, obviously it is a big part of your identity, but does activism play a role in how you hope to navigate the industry? Well, for
1: me, I've... Um, Like I mentioned before, um, disability, obviously I have one, I have many, but I have um, three disabled sisters, um, one who can't speak and another who's um, a quadriplegic in the wheelchair and um, has difficulty speaking, so I've all my life been encouraged by my parents and just as a natural thing to speak up for others and I think... As a person who can walk and talk and has the opportunity to use my voice to make change, I feel activism definitely ties into my music that I can speak up for others who don't really have a voice in um, making sure like places are accessible, like my sister, Tim, She can't see many of my concerts because a lot of the places, especially here in Lismore until recently, have been largely inaccessible due to no lifts or no ramps and here at the con this year, maybe even next year will be the first time she will be able to see a concert here at the conservatorium Conservatorium. because this year they're getting a lift and a ramp in, which is amazing. Yeah. Music and activism, I think is very closely tied together and I feel like I could be letting down my community if I didn't use my voice to amplify and empower and just shine light on these issues.
0: Have you had any negative experiences that have impacted how you use your voice or are experiences that you feel speak volumes of the broader industry as a whole?
1: Again, I've been kind of lucky. I haven't had many negative experiences with my gender and my disability. There have been a few where where I've been commissioned and people involved in the project will kind of look down on me even though I'm the composer um or even if it's like my project or they need to be liaising with me they talk to other people usually the men in the project about what I need but also again it comes down I don't really take any bullshit um and if someone's a bit off or like just avoid them or not do anything with them all call them out
0: have you had any people who you feel have helped strengthen your ability to not really take any shit in these situations or is that a skill that you feel you've developed in yourself over time
1: um i mean straight up you definitely in the past couple of years you have definitely inspired me heaps like you're, you're just amazing Your are no bullshit attitude i love that um yeah um and having just being surrounded by like really strong independent women and even just like genuinely kind decent men as well has really empowered me and I think here in the Northern Rivers we're a very open and inclusive community but in terms of yeah that no bullshit attitude thing like my mum she's but both of my moms they're just amazing like they were nurses for forty years, fostered about God knows how many kids um, so they've dealt with like the system like the foster care system and I think their noble kid attitude has really been ingrained in me and like Anita um having her as like an idol and mentor, yeah, just seeing her do her work and um how she really she's something else like I can't quite describe it but yeah just really being strong and definite in how you act in life Anita Bellman and yourself and my mums um just inspiring in that no taking no shit from anyone attitude and just really standing up for yourself and others and empowering others
0: How important is having safe, supportive communities like this to create inside of?
1: It is like incredibly important. Um, I feel like I've met a lot of my friends here at Nikon, like your brother Liam, Um, and having those like-minded people that for me, are really into music and just decent humans is so great because we all kind of have the same, beliefs of just being decent kind of humans and really passionate about music and lifting others up and then that kind of spreads further throughout the community and as we go through the industry I guess the industry and the con has been really important in for me um in being able to surround myself with people like that like here at the con no one's pitted against each other there's no like enemies or like rivalries going on it's all just like
0: friends and happy times (laughs) that's perfect friends happy times come to the con love that um so coming to the end of the episode what are some ways in which you know myself and other able-bodied people can create change or support disabled communities in the industry and Mm, yeah tell me more
1: a practical thing people can do um, and I recently did this at the uni if you are at a concert or like a rehearsal space or just like a music venue and you see something that you think isn't accessible like a lack of a ramp getting to the stage a lack of rails a lack of lighting call that shit out talk to the tech people or whoever is the most appropriate um, because that really is a practical thing that helps us out. And it's really a simple thing to do, like often it can just be fixed quite quickly. Um, and also often, it's just a um, situation where um, the people haven't realised that it was an issue because they have been privileged, and they're really supportive in getting it sorted really quickly. So yeah,
0: So just lastly, uh, can you recommend any disabled artists for our listeners to go away with and enjoy?
1: Yeah, in terms of other disabled artists, I have quite a few recommendations. One is Galen Lee, obviously. She's just so amazing at obviously playing and writing music and um, using her voice as a disabled musician and composer. Um to make progress in the music industry for us disabled artists, um, Ewan Mackay is a composer and cellist from Scotland with cerebral palsy, who is at the moment doing a lot about making resources for emerging composers, um, which is really great and um i mentioned her earlier lucy hale um sadly she passed away last year um which is also very sadly and kind of frustratingly how i discovered her but she was amazing young composer from london who was studying at the trinity hall trinity school of music and i think really had a great future ahead of her um locally i've recently discovered the emerald ruby who's amazing flautist composer even fashion designer um from newcastle i think so she is amazing i really love her work and yeah i think just yeah that that's all my recommendations are all amazing people and i really encourage people to get out there and research disability in music and really if you come across anyone with disability and does music really amplify their voices and
0: yeah that was the amazing Tilly Jones it was such a pleasure to be able to have this conversation about authenticity about activism and about using our voices in the industry Uh, it's so important to uplift each other and and seek knowledge that we don't have ourselves, understand our privilege, understand the ways that we can work to empower and support one another in this community. It's been such a pleasure sharing these episodes with you, and I hope you tune in to the next episode. Again, thank you so much for listening. My name is Michaela J, and I hope you enjoy the rest of your day. The Horizons podcast is brought to you by our wonderful team. Thank you to our interviewers, Lily Haddenham, Mickey Jay, Joe Conroy, Liam Gatt, Will Matrakis, and Rowan James, our music composer, Aidan Panetta, our graphic designer and social media representative, Bree Truitt, our executive producers, Mickey Jay and Liam Gatt, and Lee Carriage for overseeing the project. Thanks for listening.